From Bureaucracy's basement to your ears, this is the weekly meeting of the Queen City Improvement Bureau, Radiothon Special Edition. Each week, the dedicated staff of the Bureau meet to file reports, make recommendations, and do Radiothon things on the Radiothon Special as they try to survive each night on a bed of dot matrix printer paper. Radiothon style. One day, maybe, we'll escape from the subterranean hell that is this sub-sub-basement. But until that day comes, this city is not going to improve itself. So here we sit. Radiothonly. Improving things. This meeting is now in session. Hello. Happy Radiothon. Radiothon. Happy Radiothon to you, too. What are you doing? For Radiothon. What, what am I doing for Radiothon? Well, I'm uh, I'm reflecting on uh, the good works that we do. You don't have a lot planned then. No, no, I, I'm afraid I don't. Why don't Why don't we just take attendance, and then maybe we can uh, talk further about the good works that we will be doing okay. in uh, Radiothon. All right. Okay. Um. Oh, hey, first attendee. This is good news. Uh, Air God Mana. Air God Mana. Yeah, apparently we're going to get mana, and it's, I'm glad because I'm pretty hungry, and we don't get much food down here aside from old sandwiches in the vending machine and the stuff that grows on the walls. And I hear mana's tasty. or at least I hear, I hear too. And if we get little packets of ketchup with the mana, uh, hint, hint, uh, this would be great. Um, I, I do know that way back when, uh, when the Hebrews were lost in the wilderness, um, God gave them uh, manna to survive on. Mm-hmm. And apparently uh, it, it tasted pretty good. Is that what it says in, in the good book? I believe that, yeah, I believe it's there. Well, he gave them quail and then poisoned the flesh of the quail as the Israelites or the Israelites to be ate them. Uh, and uh, I can't remember why, but God was peeved. <laughs> as, as he often was back then, um, yeah. but then he, uh, he also gave them mana. So right. after probably after they promised to be good, right? And so wander with, like wander in like a straight line. I'm not sure. I'm not sure exactly what. Right. So was the deal with the mana that you were supposed to like dip it in the quail fat? Like was? Oh, that sounds as, delicious. Like was it meant as a side dish, and then you know the quail is oh. no go. So they just got right. stuck with the mana. Yeah, that, that could be it. And they just decided to, maybe they acquired a taste for it. Yeah. Um, I always thought that mana would probably taste like Lembus from Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Or, you know, that elven bread, I think it was called Lembus. So, yeah. so that, that's, that's always been my idea. But would be like. it could have been stuffing. <laughs> it could have been stuffing. Yep, it could have been stuffing just straight from a chicken. Or yeah. turkey. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it would probably Thanksgiving leftovers from God's plate. Right. Just scraping them off, off the side of the kitchen yeah. uh, down onto the earth below. God's stuffing with lots of sage and celery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and ambrosia. I, I don't know what yeah. else. Anyway. Um, so while we wait, uh, yeah. I should probably take a moment to tell you that I think I've actually uh, rearranged the letters, and it's not Air God Mana after all. Uh, it is uh, Aiden Morgan. Oh, that, that's you. That is me. Okay. Uh, now, I should mention, of course, that because mana is a miracle, we may still get some. I'd take some miracle mana. Yeah, and I mean, just, oh, me too. And just in time for Radiothon. Mm-hmm. Be like a, a Radiothon miracle. That would be nice. Okay. Well, okay. So I'm here. Uh, second up. Oh, holy cow. Um, forget the mana I've got here. It says Panucci deal. <gasps> Panucci deal. Yeah. Like apparently you get uh, a buck 29 for like 10 pounds of like uh, fresh Panucci right uh, now at Panucci and Panucci related goods warehouse. Whoa. I haven't thought about Panucci in ages. Well, be prepared not to just think about Panucci but you anticipate it and have it. Now that you're talking about Panucci, I just, it's all I want to have. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a tasty treat. It, it is a very tasty treat. You yeah. are, um, so are you, 
Are you actually, do you actually know what panucci is? Well, you know, I don't really know what it is. My mom used to okay. make it for us. Oh, or at least okay. She called it panucci, but, you know. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. I, uh, I was not familiar for the longest time, um, nearly 50 years, uh, what panucci was. Uh, mm-hmm. But then when I, when I saw that panucci deal was going to be a uh, guest you know, or attendee on, on this, at this meeting, I thought, well, what exactly is that? So I looked it up. Oh, yeah. And it turns out it's like a delicious fudge, light fudge. Yep. Nice. Yep. Yeah. Although uh, the way my mom made it, it was it's kind of savory. Savory panucci. Yeah. Like my mom. With- it, my mom was not a great cook, and I think it was I think it was really overdone. Oh uh, well, you know, I bet I bet she probably put in like sage and breadcrumbs, and probably stuffed the turkey with it. That that does sound like my mom. <laughs> yeah. So more stuffing uh, yeah. once again. Um, if I but I should also. If I can't stuff it in a turkey, you're not eating it. That's what my mom used to say. She, she pretty much everything. The, <laughs> even the turkey. She would even stuff the turkey in the turkey, yeah. and then there'd be nothing. Could <laughs> it just vanish? Yeah, yeah. We would we would regularly have Thanksgiving because to make <laughs> Thanksgiving special, she would mm-hmm. stuff a turkey in a turkey. It was a turkin and uh, <laughs> a turkey and a turkey and a turkey. Yeah. Mm, three turkeys in one. Yeah. 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 Turkeys all the way down, she used to say. <laughs> and then you joke, hey, it's actually turkeys all the way in, mom. And then she'd like just like throw stuff at you yeah. and you'd have to sleep outside. Yep. Smack me with yeah. the uh, wooden spoon. Yeah. No Mom's- smart asses in my house, she would say. <laughs> And then proceed to stuff another turkey inside the turkey. Yeah. Uh, I should also let you know that there's actually uh, great savings right now, not just on Panucci, but on Panucci accessories. Oh. Uh, Panucci holders, Panucci bowls, and and cruets. And uh, most excitingly, there are still sterling silver Panucci pinchers. Ooh. For to we, for to pinch your Panucci good. We could never afford Panucci pinchers. Well, I mean, no, I, like if they like made like plastic ones, but it was such a class signifier that mm. they were always made of like silver or like, I remember, uh, I think in the Sky Mall catalog, they had like these like smart Punucci pinchers, like with platinum and, uh, but it could actually track, well, sensor could track how many pieces of Punucci you pinch. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I remember going over to my aunt's house at Christmas time, and she had Panucci pinchers, and you could tell that this was like a point of like conflict in the family. That you know, my aunt Bev could afford the Panucci pinchers, mm-hmm. but our family, we never had Panucci pinchers. Really, and like, oh, I, that must have been really awkward to go over there yeah. and watch your aunt Bev like ostentatiously like produce and procure Panucci pinchers. Well, and I'd never used them obviously. And so right. um, my Aunt Bev would be like to my mom, Bonnie, you never taught your children how to use Panucci pinchers. And that was just so embarrassing for all of us. Really. Did you, did, did you ever like go over there, like stay overnight in the middle of the night, you get up and take out the Panucci pinchers and pinch Panucci in the dark. I'm not going to say I didn't. Okay. Well, I mean, who, who amongst us, Whomst amongst us has not pinched Panucci in the dark, in the kitchen, yeah. hoping that Bev doesn't show up yeah. and, 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 and uh, hit you with a paddle and, and send you outside. Don't tell my mom that Bev's Panucci was better than hers. I, I, I wouldn't dream of saying so. Thank you. But I will put it on Facebook. And if, if your Aunt Bev just happens to find it, in amongst the usual feed of like, you know, COVID, you know, uh, misinformation and, mm-hmm. uh, and, and minions memes. I can't help that. Yeah, that's fair. Fair enough. Yep. Um, but I, I should also add that I think I made a mistake. Um, this flyer doesn't look very convincing. Because I think actually I, I made the flyer in a panic after realizing that I had mixed up the letters in the attendee's name. It should be Paul Deschen. Hmm. Uh, that's me. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Sorry, there's sorry, there's no actual deal on Panucci. That's 
that's really disappointing. I guess I'll just have to make it myself then. Right. And you, sh- and you can make your own Panucci pinchers out of wood, but I mean, you just, no one can really tell the difference. Yeah. I was thinking of my 3d print mine. Oh, nice. Yeah. You go to the library. Yeah. <laughs> go to the or library printer. and yeah, ask for, different- ask for a 3d pattern of Panucci pinchers. For, for like a Panucci pincher pair. Yep. Huh. Priceless. Anywho. Yeah. <laughs> so apparently we're both here. We are. And uh, I guess we're going to mention um, the good works we're doing for Radiothon. Yeah. What good works are we doing for Radiothon? Well, uh, first, uh, a little bit of background. Uh, Radiothon is uh, the, our annual sort of celebration of all things community radio, particularly 91.3 FM, CJTR. Uh, and you you want to you want to donate to uh, to Radiothon because without you know without your funds, listeners, you don't get quality content like like this. So and, you know when people will tell you about Panucci Pinchers and also Panucci Punchers, which is a whole other thing. Um, but anyway, so yeah, uh, you can donate. You go to cjtr.ca ca slash radiothon dash 2021 and you can donate from there uh each 25 dollar donation to 2021 radiothon gets you an entry into a huge prize pack draw and the prize pack is valued at over a thousand dollars do you know what it is yes but there's another i i don't know exactly what it is but i do know that you will get it possibly um you get there's gifts from The Cure, Kitchen and Bar, Vintage Vinyl, Optical oh. Shop, Bushwhacker, Pacific Fresh Fish, Cathedral Pet Stop, Takeaway Gourmet, Above the Fold Marketing, Neutral Ground, Regatta Folk Festival, Buckthorn General Store, and JB Sausage Supplies. So, so basically, it's a gift pack from all the awesome companies that sponsor CJTR. Bingo, you, you've hit it in one. So it's like, um, it's, like, it's like a loop. It's like a loop. Awesome people support CJTR. And they win a prize pack from awesome companies that support CJTR. Precisely. I like this. That, I mean, I, I love it too. I mean, it really, it really pinches my Panucci. I'll just say that much. <laughs> Mine too. <laughs> um, also, if you uh, if you donate at least a hundred bucks, receive a limited edition Radiothon 2021 T-shirt, and they're only available to Radiothon donors. Um, or thieves. So yeah, it's from uh, it's designed by JC Bells, and it's a super cool looking shirt. So you should you should get it. Yeah. Uh, just donate. But there's one more prize that they don't tell you about. A secret prize. Ooh, do tell. You can share with me, well, right? Oh, I can share with you. If you donate to Radiothon and you go on Twitter. And message Queen City IB or me, Palinode, or Paul, Paul Duchenne, and, uh, and say you've donated. And you better be truthful, please. Uh, we, will, we, will, we, will sit, we will give you a personalized message on air. Now, you have no control over what the message will be, but we'll give you one. We'll craft it for you. Mm-hmm. A designer crafted message. So... Tell us you donated. You can tell us the amount or not. And then uh, and you can also tell us uh, anything you think would be relevant to the personally crafted message that we will send for that we will give to you. We can guarantee that we will spend at least as much time on this personally crafted message as we did on tonight's attendance. Exactly. Yes. I mean, that, uh, that entire monologue about Panucci, that, uh, that took us days to come up with oh yeah or at least part of a day part of a day a segment of a day a segment of a day and we will spend a segment of a day crafting your personal message yeah that's a great that's a great gift on top of everything and you could win a thousand dollars worth of awesome stuff oh absolutely i should mention though that because we are rebroadcast on mondays um yeah, because we're rebroadcast on Monday afternoons at three to four PM. If you hear us talking about this on three to f- on Monday, Radiothon has passed. So we're very sorry. But you can still support CJTR at any you time. You can. Yeah. Oh yeah. You can. You can become a member. You can still donate. I mean, mm-hmm. come on, people. We'll 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 take your money. 
uh, we need fancy hats. And, and of course, platinum and palladium Panucci pinchers. Would make my mom so happy if I grew up to be a man with his own Panucci pinchers. She would be pleased and proud. She would be very, very, very. She'd be proud as punch. It's your Panucci pinchers. What's also quite funny is that I, I meant to say Panucci pincers, but I, I did not. So That's okay. <laughs> so, so I just I kind of kind of ran with that pincher thing. That's what we called them in the Cambridge area anyway. It was Panucci pinchers. So exactly, it's a it's a regional dialect. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think they were pincers in the Maritimes, but mm-hmm. that's true. Yeah. And in Boston. So, anyways, I should mention that we are on ninety-one point three FM CJTR Regina Community Radio. This is the Queen City Improvement Bureau, and uh, we do have a bit of an agenda tonight. A little bit of one, yeah. Uh, a few things have happened in the city. Uh, we were going to talk uh, just briefly about uh, some, ch- like, well, there was an article in the Leader Post that kind of got my dander up, and it was about the changes to the, uh, mm-hmm. the way income supports are handled in Saskatchewan. They switched, uh, they got rid of the old uh, social assistance program and switched it to the Saskatchewan in- income support system. And the frustrating thing here is that instead of, uh, the old system, if you were on assistance, your um, support that would cover your rent and your utilities was sent directly to your um, your landlord and to your to the utility, to the crown, respectively, directly from the government. And this meant that people who needed housing support uh, would get into housing and would be guaranteed that their rent would be paid and they would be uh, they would actually be, you know, like tenants that landlords would be quite happy to have, but it's been switched now. So that they're given money and they are expected to pay this money uh, directly to, to their landlords themselves and to the uh, utility. The goal here being to, uh, you know, encourage people to uh, take more direct responsibility over their finances. But uh, the frustrating element to it is that um, the program gives people $575 a month for shelter and $285 for food, transportation, clothing, and utilities. And these are like grotesquely low amounts. Um, the lowest rent available right now uh, through CMHC for a one-bedroom apartment, well, for a studio apartment, sorry, is about $600, which is already $25 more than the rental allowance. And so these people are expected to pay their rent to their landlord, even though they're not making enough money from assistance to pay their rent. Yeah, and I and I should add. I mean, I I can't imagine. I I don't know offhand what the average uh, rental, you know, property is, but six hundred dollars in Regina would be bottom of the barrel. Like it would barely be livable. And and the idea that the government is going to give you a little less than enough for like the barely livable is is just is such an insult. Um, Yeah. Uh, also, what I've noticed in the in the article in the Leader Post is that we've got Carmichael Outreach, whose you know whose task it is to help those who need housing or the you know those those who don't have money, and the Saskatchewan Landlord Association. Both both don't like this. Yeah. So when like the parasitical Rancher class is in agreement with uh, with you know with with you know the uh, offloaded welfare state, we've got a real problem yeah no kidding uh the article notes that the average rent in regina is 1061 dollars which oh, is there we go. off More. the hook yeah and which is very expensive anyway but oh yeah yeah and the average for a bachelor suite can like is down to 757 so the 1000 is like just average across all rental units average for bachelor 757 but that means finding a place for what is it? Five seventy-five is, you know, two hundred dollars lower than the average. That's you're you're right. definitely not getting a great place to live, and so you're being set up to fail, basically. Yeah, and I think, and as somebody quoted, and I think somebody from the SLA uh, may have been who said, you know, if we don't rent, you know, a lot of our landlords just don't rent to people yeah. on this program because they these people don't have any money, and there's no guarantee as yeah. there was in the original program of actually getting the rent. So they're not, they're very unlikely that it's, they're actually going to be willing to rent out to someone, even if they have, 
even if they've cobbled up enough money yeah. for for a you know for a deposit, you know. Yeah. The the final kick in the teeth <laughs> was that the uh the program requires a cell phone or an internet connection to access the funds and to check in with your support workers. And uh, so, and yet in the money that you're given, they don't include uh, cell phone fees or, you know, internet connection. So you're, you're basically reliant on the library if you can't afford these things and presumably you know, whatever, what is the lowest you can pay for a cell phone is probably like $30 a month in this province. Probably, um, yeah. I mean, yeah. I just guess, but yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that would be the apps. Like, I, the, I don't even know if plans that low exist anymore. Yeah. But, you could uh, probably get a cheap phone. Like you could probably get a very cheap phone, which only has a Wi-Fi connection yeah. uh, or Wi-Fi capability. And then you say the library. But I mean, that's, hardly better in some ways than than just going to the library anyway um there that's that's another option i mean that's the thing like you if you if you look at this program uh, and squint you can say well you could do this you could do that but the truth is you probably if you if you don't if you don't have a job or a place to stay chances are you've got enough on your plate already yeah yeah just surviving yeah yeah and then it also sounds like there's a problem if they don't have enough support workers to help people make this transition from the old system to the new system and then navigating mm-hmm. the new system that exists. Yeah. And um, the idea, and I, you know, there's something so awful and patriarchal about this notion that we're going to set up our social assistance program to encourage people to learn good money management. And that just, we're going yes. to... We're going to make you learn personal finances by, uh, I don't know, basically threatening you with starvation and homelessness. It's like it's like learning good firefighting technique by throwing you into a fire. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and if and if you if you go up in flames helplessly, uh, the ministry says, oh, you should learn good technique. You should you should take responsibility for your own for your own combustion. Yeah. 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 And I, you know, and these are, these are people who need help and we've always known that these programs are insufficient and these, these organizations are understaffed and yet there's never this notion that we should just throw money at them. (laughs) They would be better if they were better funded. It's always, let's find some new, theoretical construct on which to base this system so that <laughs> right. we can get out of paying more money into it. It's yeah, uh, I think it's yeah. I, I just think that if you if you make a system if if you're if you're a right wing government <laughs> that's fundamentally opposed to government doing anything or caring for its citizens in any way as you know as our our COVID record is showing in abundance. Uh if there's nothing more convenient than than setting up a system that's not going to work very well. So you can throw up your hands and say, oh, well, look at that. We yeah. tried. We did yeah. our best. And it's people just don't appreciate it. Yeah. Or whatever you, you say in those, in those cases. We should have somebody on to talk about this, actually, in the next in upcoming. Yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, and I don't know the transitional employment allowance. Uh, and oh. and the other one, they they didn't. People weren't moved over. There's the uh, the Saskatchewan Assistance Program and the Transitional Employment Allowance. Right. Uh, but they but they don't automatically transfer people over to the new program. Yeah. So if and I, you know that just it's just an opportunity for for people who may not have it together, mm-hmm. which. People who you know don't have inc- uh, steady incomes or houses often find themselves in that situation. It's uh, yeah, it just it just makes it different. Like imagine imagine suddenly finding your your source of income cut off and then being told, oh, sorry, we didn't hear from you. You you you, you can readily picture it. Um, yeah, we should definitely have somebody on to talk about this with us because I I'd, yeah. I'd like to get more more to the uh, to the bottom of the story some more. We'll, we'll track down someone who understands the system better than we do. Um, 
way back in 2017, we actually did a whole episode on a, on a housing program that actually worked. And that mm-hmm. was housing first, which had started in 2016. 2017 was the one year anniversary of its uh, initiation. And so that's a program where instead of this, you know, oh, let's give you some money and make you navigate our bureaucracy. And maybe at the end of it, you'll get a house. Maybe you won't. Uh, They just give people who need housing, housing. And then once they're in stable housing, they can start to access the supports that they need um, uh, to deal with addictions, to deal with getting jobs, to deal with education. And it was a wildly successful program. It's carrying on now. It's had like an injection of cash from the government. Uh, you know, it was like proof of their commitment to it. And back in 2017, we had a, a client, uh, somebody who had gone through uh, housing first, Kenton Weisgerber, who we uh, interviewed here at the uh, Queen City Improvement Bureau. And so after Innovative Revenue Tools, um, what was your idea? We should uh, play that interview again, just to like, you know, look at a success story. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm very happy to hear that. And when we come back, we'll have our interview from July of 2017 with Kenton Weisgerber. The Queen City Improvement Bureau would like to acknowledge the Regina Warehouse Business Improvement District for their support of our show. The Regina Warehouse Business Improvement District. Improving the district where there are warehouses in Regina. From the July 28, 2017 Queen City Improvement Bureau meeting, here is our interview with Kenton Weisgerber, a client of Regina's Housing First program. With him in studio was Blair Roberts, then of the Regina YMCA, a Housing First partner organization. We began this segment by asking Kenton if he had witnessed any pushback from the community against Housing First. So how about again, have you heard of any like stories of people like resisting this? Uh, not with my experience with the program. Um, I felt that it was a, a lot of group effort and group, group um, support. Um, because of that, um, it's honestly been a lot more accepting. Um, I In the building I'm staying in, there was three other clients in there. And uh, from my understanding, we have a good relationship with the building, myself, um, I've seen clients come and go and have to be relocated for their needs, um, whether it be if they have a uh, disability and they need to get into a building that has elevators and that sort of situation. So um, myself, I've actually helped the program and helped them clean up the place and get it all ready and make sure that it's uh, renter ready for the next tenant or the next right. client coming in. So right. um, with seeing that, it's like... I, as a part of it, I, I want to make sure that I, I represent the, this program in a positive light because without this type of thing, um, it's very difficult to to get on your feet, especially if you're trying to um, come from a negative situation into a positive one. Yeah, mm. and I guess I didn't introduce this at the beginning, but you're actually a client of Housing First. That's correct, yes. Uh, I've been with them for about um, going on 14, 15 months, I believe, mm. and... Uh, it's been quite an incredible journey. Um, when I first came back from, I was living in Alberta and I came back, it was, I went from having a very well-off life, um, being able to provide for myself, uh, very comfortable living, to relocating back here with um, literally just the clothes on my back and to try to secure a home when you don't have a fixed address or secure a position in um, for work and you don't have that type of information, it becomes very difficult. Um, a lot of places do require you to even have a, an offer letter just to get in there when you're doing the application process. Um, Fortunately for myself, at that time, I did have a roommate that was able to help me get into a place. Um, from there, uh, it was a very difficult journey to get started. Um, I had no furniture, as I mentioned earlier. And it was pretty much just sleeping on the floor, paying rent. And um, this led to some of my uh, mental illness flaring up with the depression and anxiety. And 
how I was relieving it was uh, my addiction. I would drink after work or drink um, to just try to not think about these types of things. And as I learned with um, addiction, it is progressive. And over time, it started to become problematic in my life. And I lost control. So my roommate and my employer at the time decided that it was best that if they went their separate ways, uh, there was no way I would have been able to keep my condo even though I had a pretty decent relationship with the landlord. It was just, it was infeasible at the time. Um, at that point, I became homeless and it was from being in a situation where I was comfortable, um, I had... I had a purpose, and then from there, I'm on the streets. And the thing about looking for work is after you've done it for about eight, nine hours for three days, there's not really much you can do except play the waiting game. And that's where I was. I was couch surfing. I was spending my time downtown looking, hitting the pavement, trying to apply for the employment. And hopefully finding something to get a position so I can um, save up enough money so I could pay that damage deposit. And it was a difficult road at that point. Like I took a lot of things that we all take for granted. Um, I've said this in the conference was uh, being able to get a drink of water whenever you like, being able to keep food for 12 hours, um, finding shade when it's hot, finding warmth when it's cold. Um, myself, um, I would find vents that were blowing out heat just to stand by because if you're in the mall all the time when you're homeless, that's where your loitering becomes an issue. So that that would cause more strain on the public and... Going into that situation not feeling any worth um, uh, and fully engulfed in my addiction and, as I said, my mental illness, uh, I turned to detox to see if maybe there was a new way of life that I wasn't um, aware of because at the time I didn't have any self-worth, I didn't have a home, I had no support. And the only thing I had when I went into detox is I had a desire to sober up and change my life and that's where um as i said before the, the angel kendra she <laughs> came into my life and um she explained that there was this housing first program i told her a bit about what i had been through and um the situation that i've been going through um dealing with some as i said mental health issues and she decided to do the um, application for the program which I met the needs. Um, this is in the very, very early stages of the Housing First program. It was actually in its infancy at that time. So it was something new. They didn't even know what they were yet. And they were like, oh, yeah, they they, uh, they didn't know what they were, and they wanted to help me out and get me back on my feet. So what had happened from there is they told me that um, I was the second on the list, um, so I decided at that time to proceed with my recovery and that I went to, um, went to treatment and when I came out, I didn't have anywhere to stay and Phoenix actually helped me out at the early stages because they hadn't secured my home yet. Um, they helped me by putting me into the, um, Coachman Hotel and it got me off the street. There was a little fridge in there, and like it was the first time in I'd say probably four or five months that I had my own space, not being institutionalized. It was detox, as you mentioned, detox is not exactly the greatest place. Like um, it was a situation where you would uh, go in there, and it was very, very managed, uh, very small small area where you would bring two sets of clothes type of thing and um it 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 gave me a lot of reflection time and it gave me a lot of time to learn about what i was dealing with so in that sense i was grateful for it and that's why i feel that like phoenix is a great program because they're keeping the individuals that um as the stats say are repeatedly going in there 
they're getting other individuals like myself that came in there and this was the first time I decided to reach out for help and to decide that this is a, a turning point in my life and I wanted to become a productive member of society and Phoenix is keeping these other clients and my fellow clients in their homes and helping them assist them with their living it's it's just an amazing amazing experience and to be part of that and see the difference and from when i first came in there and these individuals wearing they're looking very disheveled to now they're coming in with their head high and there's laughter and there's a joy in these individuals life um winter time they're wearing warm jackets and boots these are things that when they were on the streets they didn't have to look forward to and as myself like i know when it's minus 40 out there and you don't have a place to stay and you you're not too sure where you're going to be sleeping that that night phoenix coming into your life and giving you that sense of ownership like uh getting you into your home and being able to have a bed to sleep in and food in your fridge these are things that you couldn't even imagine not going without especially myself going from where i was in life to having that uh abruptly come in my way just i'm just really grateful that the these women came into my life because these women at phoenix they're such kind-hearted individuals they're very understanding and they love what they do that's that's really refreshing it's you were mentioning, you know, just the whole process of getting into it, in, into Housing First. There's 26 people. How, how does one become, like, a client of Housing First? From my experience, it was um, getting in contact with um, with them, um, whether it be going down there and um, doing what they have is uh, known as a spadat. Uh, they take some qualification questions on your mental health, um your addiction these sort of things and depending on how you are um you answer there's a, a rating system on your need whether it be high or low and um when i had went into it um i had a one of the higher ones so they said at that point uh i qualified for the program and uh, i was put on the waiting list so it from my understanding it's uh very straightforward question kind of asking about uh, different aspects of your life and that sort of thing without going to, into too much detail about it right um something i don't know uh and i don't know if you can answer this ken or blair uh is there a triage process to uh housing first like are, are they looking to take the people in the most need for housing or the people who they just think are the safest bets to succeed in the program it's more of a, a need. Um, there's a lot of individuals with disability. Um, myself, I have some physical disabilities as well. So because of that, um, I qualified for the program. Um, from what I've seen, a lot of these individuals, um, they need regular medications. Um, even a lot of them need help, uh, assistance with walking, crutches, walkers, that sort of thing. So from what I've seen, it's been a lot of individuals that have uh, a need. Yeah, Ken mentioned the SPADAT before. That, that's it's a really like long service prioritization decision assistance tool. <laughs> and so I, I mentioned I, I, I earlier that, that. <laughs> Phoenix has actually built like this whole intake and assessment system, and this is one of the tools they use to determine the level of need. And so they go through people's, um, you know, health issues that they've had, mental health struggles. Um, uh, you know, they basically go through every possible life scenario that you could imagine. Uh, it's it's a very intensive uh, and probably challenging uh, interview mm -hmm. process to go through in some ways, which uh, there are some challenges around because we're not looking to make things harder on people. But we do want to make sure, uh, because of this tool, we can ensure that we are picking the people who need it the most. Uh, it's, you know, that, that there's some people who will quibble around that because, I mean, everybody needs it. Everybody right. who's homeless needs help, and there's no question about that. But I think the, the reality is if we can succeed with people who are, are reaching the highest level based on this tool, uh, there's no reason we can't help the people who are scoring lower. So. Mm -hmm. 
You're listening to the Queen City Improvement Bureau on 91.3 FM CJTR, tuned into the community. October 1st to 7th is Radiothon at CJTR. It's the time of the year where we celebrate community radio in the Queen City. Radiothon is a fundraiser for Regina Community Radio, and we're raising $20,000 in celebration of our 20th anniversary. Donate now and receive limited edition gifts. Donations of $100 will get a limited edition t-shirt only available to Radiothon donors. For every $25 you donate, you will be entered into a draw for special prize packages featuring amazing products and services from local businesses, including The Cure Kitchen and Bar, Vintage Vinyl Hemp Emporium, The Optical Shop, Bushwhacker Brew Pub, Pacific Fresh Fish, Cathedral Pet Stop, Takeaway Gourmet, Above the Fold Marketing, Neutral Ground, Regina Folk Festival, Cathedral Social Hall, and JB's Sausage Supplies. Celebrate local voices and culture by streaming, tuning in, and pledging your support to 91.3 FM CJTR, Regina Community Radio, during Radiothon 2021. Call us now at 525-7274, extension 102, to make your donation or donate online at cjtr.ca. And now back to a replay of the July 28, 2017 Queen City Improvement Bureau interview with Kenton Weisgerber and Blair Roberts about Housing First. What's, um, we have, there's 26 people who are in the program right now. Uh, I think the number was higher at the beginning. Like there are some people who've already passed through the program, and are, mm-hmm. have they have they moved on to have they moved out of the program to their own housing or? Yeah, I think I think so. My understanding mm-hmm. is that there's a few people who have graduated from the program. Mm-hmm. There's a f- handful that have actually passed away over yeah. the last mm-hmm. year. Or so oh, uh, because I, I spoke earlier about how Regina doesn't have any supportive living, usually with the highest level of needs on this Spadat tool. Um, you never force someone into supportive living. Uh, it's always client option, but that that's a, a great option for people with high needs because then you have staff right on site uh, to help them with everything from medication to, you know, a, a central area that people can come and offer those kind of supports. So uh, we don't have that right now, um, and we definitely need that and could use that. Yeah. What, is, what does it look like when you're in the program, Kenton? Like, I, I understand, like, there's there's all these supports for for people who are in the program. Do you have like daily contact with somebody? Do you have like a certain yeah. person that you're dealing with? And, and then as you progress and you get a little bit more stabilized, um, it it does lighten up a bit. But when you first come in, um, they're usually coming by your place, knocking on your door. Um, they'll come in and check just to make sure your your house is clean, or um, mm-hmm. there's no like. Um, harmful things in the house whether it be like uh uh non-beverage things um they're also looking for other individuals that are in the house that shouldn't be in the house um they do um ask you if you do have those types of people in your life so they can kind of get an idea um just in case like say you're having um people coming over and they're taking advantage of you taking your food that sort of Mm. thing so what they're really trying to do is keep those individuals out of um the people who are trying to get on their feet again um another situation is though they helped myself with uh, my 12-step program getting me there um ensuring me that um because I wasn't familiar with how social services work, they walked me through that, helped me get in contact with a worker. Um, a lot of these other clients in the program, they don't have the comprehension to deal with that sort of thing. So Phoenix takes um, takes control of that situation, deals with the worker, deals with the visits, deals with the cost of living, uh, deals with paying with the rent. These are other things that... Um, they're really, really hands-on with, and if you need things, if you need, um, if you have requests, you just put it in with the Phoenix, and they'll do everything they can. Myself, when I first uh, got into the program, I didn't have furniture, so uh, they helped me get furniture um, for my home, so I have a place to sit and um, a TV to watch sort of thing, just to kind of fill my time. Um 
they're really about making sure you're comfortable is is the main thing and making sure that you understand that they're there for you if you need someone to talk to they're they're more than willing to listen to you with your caseworker mm-hmm. um there's a lot of support staff that uh they help other individuals that have mobility issues get groceries that sort of thing so it's a lot of hands-on um helping that uh, all these clients absolutely need in my opinion hmm. you're looking really good thank you and so what are you doing now uh myself um i'm trying to further my education so I'm student um I was uh, attending uh, SAS Poly to do some upgrading. Um, I have long-term goals to go after my uh, business administration. Um, when I did clean up, that was something I decided that would be in my best interest is furthering my education just so then I can have a little bit more secure uh, living. And uh, myself, since I've cleaned up, uh, I've taken a lot more... Um, better care of myself i take uh great pride in trying to be a a good role model to other clients as well as when Mm. i take ownership for that because um there's a lot of people that they they don't understand that um that you don't have to be stuck in that cycle you can ask for help and you can get help and myself it's been a long journey to go from where i was to where i am now and it's been it's been an incredible journey it's i'm not going to sit here and tell you it was easy it wasn't it was a lot of um self-work and meditation stuff like that getting in contact with my culture was a big part of it um my prayer that sort of thing it's it's giving me a new look on life and how i see myself is um i want to be the person that phoenix can look at and say well this is a, this gentleman here has gives us hope and builds trust on us and me just doing what I can to be a good example and then the stats go hand in hand it, it's phenomenal like being able to sit here and talk to you about this and being asked to speak at the event it's very humbling like to see that like this hard work is starting to pay off and it's building confidence in programs like this and that's that's my my way of giving back because I don't have the means to um, give back financially but eventually once I do have education that's what I would love to do is be able to support programs like this because what they're doing for these individuals and how hopeless they come when they first come in through the door like um, being at the center and seeing them come down and they're ashamed almost and it's like well life sometimes is hard life can be unpredictable and life can take you by surprise and that was my situation it wasn't that um i planned on it it just it happened that way and because of phoenix they got me back on track they got me into counseling and working on myself and building my self-worth that it's Oh, I, I could never pay back what they've done for me, and I'm just—I'll be forever grateful for them. I'll be, um, whether it be down the road, if I can help mentor other people going through what I went through, and tell them that, like, yeah, it's going to take some hard work, and if you put in the effort for yourself, the results will show up, and that's what I'm seeing with my schooling. I—I I, I just wanted to ask you—you you, there's 26 people in the program right yeah. now. You've You've spent time out on the streets. There's a bigger problem in the Queen City than 26 people. Absolutely. There, so there, what, what, what is the challenge that's still out there I, for the city? What, what, what do we need to deal with? I think education's like educating individuals on um, this uh, negative stigmas towards this. Uh, um, a lot of people, if they're given a chance and just given a bit of assistance, they can live a very manageable life as opposed to being out of control. Um, as the numbers show, it's like the the police aren't um, being 
occupied by unnecessary situations and they're actually helping and they're able to attend actual crimes um detox is a great example of that like you as i said earlier it's you go from having individuals be in there 20 30 times to even hundreds of times to having room for individuals that are first time um, people coming, deciding that they need to change their way of life as well. Right. So, and maybe mm-hmm. before it becomes a chronic thing for them, they can get the help right away. Exactly. And, and, and like the, those centers are designed to help you educate, help you get clean, and help you point you in the right direction if you decide that that way of life is the best option. So thanks a lot for coming in and talking to us today. No right. worries. Welcome here anytime. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, yeah. I, I kind of wish we had another hour at least, but yeah. uh, just to talk about this more. But we don't, which is a shame. And that's it for the Radiothon 2021 Queen City Improvement Bureau with your hosts, Aidan Morgan and Paul DeShane. Thanks again to Kenton Weisgerber and Blair Roberts for being our guests way back in the summer of 2017. You can listen to the Queen City Improvement Bureau every Thursday at 7 p.m. on 91.3 FM CJTR or listen to the rebroadcast on Mondays at 3 p.m. Listen to old episodes at cjtr.ca slash radio slash qcib or on our website at queencityib.com slash podcasts. Chat with us on Twitter at at queencityib. Coming up next, Nerdcore Cabaret. And if you're listening to this on October 7th, it'll be that annual Radiothon tradition, Nerdcore's live D&D game. Stick around for that. Remember, you can pledge your support during Radiothon at cjtr.ca slash radiothon-2021 or support community radio at any time by going to cjtr.ca slash donate. Thank you for listening and keep on improving, Regina. Regina.